Amen. Yes, church, big clap offering, the name of Jesus. Praise God. Were you blessed by the praise and worship team this morning? Absolutely. Praise God. Praise God. I've been listening, actually, to that song all weekend, and then when they sang that song this morning, it just confirmed so many things in my heart, because we serve a great God, don't we? Praise God. Yes. So good morning, church. My name is Yvonne, and... uh, uh, our, on behalf of Majors uh, Phil and uh, Debbie Lum, I just want to welcome you this morning and so blessed that you are here in the house of God and it's always a joy to, to worship our God with you. They are um, out at our family camp out on the North Shore at Camp Pomelani with many of our church members and every year at this time there is a family camp that happens and so they're out there bonding creating some great family memories and bonding as well as the church. So please keep them in your prayers as they are keeping us in their prayers as well. Uh, And so I'm so blessed and honored that they would trust me with the pulpit and to bring forth God's word this morning. And before I do that, if you would just bow your heads with me in a quick time of prayer, please. Father God, Lord, we are just so honored to be here with you, Father God. This is the day that you have made, and we so rejoice. We are glad in it, Father. Father, your word says where two or more are gathered in your name, that you are here in our midst. And so, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would bring us a fresh word, that you would pour your anointing on this service, Father, that you would clear our minds and clear our hearts, Father, that we could receive of what you have for us today. Father, we love you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All righty, so let's go ahead and get started. Today, we are actually wrapping up the sermon series called Make Room, Creating Room for God to Work in Your Life. And so again, I am so thankful to be able to come and wrap this series up with you. And just to kind of recap, if we looked, it's been about seven weeks in this series, and it began with talking about space, creating space in our lives to be intimate, to have that intimate time with God. And we asked ourselves, where is your chair? Where is that designated space and chair that you spend quality time with God every day so that you can hear from him? We not only want to speak our heart and our needs to God, but we want to hear from him and allow him to speak to us in that quiet time. And then we talked about capacity, and that was about growing deeper in our relationship with God. And then Major Phil came back and talked about time and the gift of time. And you know, whether we are the president of the United States or just me, us, Everyone is given just 24 hours in a day. So how are we spending our time? And then it was vision. And it was about expanding our vision and refocusing our vision to see the things that God sees for our life. And Major also talked about racism, a very sensitive topic about how our views of other people and other cultures are influenced. And then last week, Major Debbie, spoke of joy and how joy, true joy, comes from God. Joy and peace beyond all understanding. And we even enjoyed an almond joy candy bite. So I don't have any candy for you this week, but I do have a message 
about money. So like racism, money is a very sensitive topic to address, especially in church. Some people do not like to talk about money in church. So let's just start with a friendly conversation like this. The lottery or jackpot winnings, right? How many of you have dreamt about winning the lottery? It's okay. I know we've all dreamt about winning the lottery at one time or another. Some of us enjoy visiting the Ninth Island, right? So I googled the lottery and it said that on August 19, 2017, the Powerball was at $650 million. That's crazy money, right? Like, what would you do if you won $650 million? How would you spend it? Some of us, maybe you see yourself traveling the world. Maybe you're going to give some to your favorite charity, like the Salvation Army. Maybe you picture yourself buying that beautiful home, you know, relaxing next to the pool with a nice cold iced tea, right? You can see it already. All of your problems would be, would be solved, right? Well, they should be. You would think so. But listen to this. There's a woman named Evelyn Marie Adams of New Jersey who won not just once, but twice. Talk about luck, right? She won $3.9 million the first time, and just a few months later, she won $1.4 million. She should have been set for life, right? Like you win that kind of money, you should be set for your life. But listen to this. In 2012, the New York Post interviewed her, and she was living in New Jersey in a trailer park. She was broke and working two jobs. See, let me give you some more stats, in fact. In 2016, the report, a report says that 70% of lottery winners are broke within five to seven years. Many were worse off financially than before they won the lottery. And they were not just financially broke, but they were emotionally bankrupt. They were estranged from a lot of family members because how many of you know that if you won that kind of money, you'd have family and friends coming out of the woodwork, right? Like everybody wants to be your BFF all of a sudden. A lot of them had issues with drug and alcohol abuse. Because if you had a drug and alcohol problem before you won that kind of money, after you win, just multiply it by a thousand. Because now you have more money to buy more drugs and more alcohol. And then there was divorce. So our vows say for richer or for poorer. But their marriage was actually better in the poorer than the richer. Why? Because money can change people. Partners can change when big money suddenly drops in. And they get sadder. Some of them were victims of homicide and suicide. Many of them reported that winning the lottery was the worst thing that had ever happened to them. So church, 
If you haven't won the Powerball yet, consider yourself blessed. And if you do, make sure the first person you tell is a good financial advisor, like Sister Kenyatta. She can help you not go broke in five to seven years. Let me also state with this with clarity. Now, is gambling legal in Hawaii? No. Is it legal in other states? Yes, like that Ninth Island. Does the Salvation Army encourage gambling? No. See, TSA soldiers actually make a commitment to abstain from gambling and alcohol because it can cause much detriment to life. So why so much mayhem? I mean, if everybody's out to get money, it's supposed to like bring good things to you, right? But look at people that win a lot of money. We not only with lottery winners, but you look at athletes who come into big money, right? You look at movie stars who come into big money. Why? Why does it cause so much mayhem? Because money just magnifies who and what you already are. So if your character is less than par, if you have less than needed integrity, if you're not competent in how to handle money, the good, the bad, and the ugly will be exposed. Even in the smaller things, you don't have to win a lot of money. I want to tell you a, a little story about um, character and integrity. So, you know, I always uh, talk about my parents, right? And my parents are both 86 years old. They both live with me. We take care of them. We are blessed to do that. But we all go to work during the day. And so my father, who is quite fragile, we have a CNA um, coming from the veterans. Uh, he's a veteran. He's a retired Air Force. And I love the Veterans Association. Don't get me wrong. It's this person, not the organization. So this person had been coming for a while to help my father and my mom, um, you know, bathe him, feed him, those kinds of things while we're gone, and my mom can't do it alone. Um, but as the weeks went by, and one day I was having a conversation with my mother, and she just mentioned that, um, we'll, we'll just call him Junior. And she said that she, she said, yeah, I gave Junior money the other day. And I said, Mom, why did you give Junior money? And I thought she just wanted to bless him. And she said, oh, because he asked me for money. And then I said, Mom, has he asked you for money before? And then she kind of realized what I was asking. She was like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And I said, no, mother, we're speaking in Samoan though. I said, has he given you money, asked you for money before? And evidently, he had been asking her for money almost from the start. And so, of course, I had to call and file a complaint. We had to get, you know, and so they were like, um, no, we won't send Junior there anymore. I'm like, well, no, send him one more time. <laughs> but, but they didn't. And so, you know, money causes people to do things that they normally would not do. And I'm not saying that Junior is a bad person. Maybe he's in a situation of desperation. You know, desperation and greed can make people do bad things when they're in need with money. And so I want to read this. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 says this. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination or disgrace to him, haughty or arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, 
a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. There's another verse that I want to read, and this is a Bible misquote, actually, right? How many of you have heard that money is the root of all evil, right? A lot of people say that. But let me read to you uh, from 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10, and I'm going to start in 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs or pains, right? So church, I want to say this. It's okay to have money. In fact, we need money and lots of it to take the gospel around the world. Just don't let money have you. Money in and of itself is not evil. For instance, this is money. And if I were to put this money down here, and it would just be there, laying there. And if I walked away and went to get something to eat, went to the restroom, whatever, and I came back, this money would just be lying here, right? Money is just an object. It's not evil. It's not, it's, let me tell you this. I can take this same money and I can use it to buy a homeless child a pair of slippers or a pair of shoes. Every Friday here at the Croc Center, we have what we call Fill-A-Need Friday. And you'll see it in the lobby, and people will just drop off things to fill a need that's identified by Leslie, who is our outreach manager. And so I could take this money, and I could buy school supplies, or I could buy shoes or slippers, whatever is needed to fill that need for that child. And that would be a good thing, right? That would be a great thing. But I could also take this money and I could buy drugs. And I could take those drugs and share it with the children in the schools or in the community, in the neighborhood. And that would be a very bad thing. And so money is not the root of all evil. It is the love of money that drives people to do crazy things. And if we use money wrongly, that's the evil. I also want to talk about bondage, right? When we spend money beyond our means. Like, how many of us have experienced that, you know, of being at the checkout line and then you hand your card over and your butterflies are just going nuts because you hope that that card is going to clear. You ever experienced that? Yeah? And then the telephone calls where you're screening your calls because the bill collectors are calling and you don't want to have to answer it. You're avoiding them. Or when the mail comes in and there's that red stamp on it that says urgent that you need to pay attention to it because it's an overdue bill. That is bondage. And that's not the way that God wants us to live. 
So we have to be good stewards of our money so that we can use it for the things that God has purposed us to be prosperous for. He doesn't want us to live in bondage, but we have to, again, be good stewards. See, for these reasons and more is why we should talk about money in church. Talk about marriages. The church is here to help God build strong marriages, but... Money is the number one cause of stress in relationships. Money and infidelity are the main causes of divorce. And then there's poverty. The church is here to address poverty. But you cannot effectively serve an underserved community to make lasting changes and not understand the economic challenges that they face. See, the disadvantaged youth engages in riskier behavior, riskier criminal behavior, in fact. And so we need to understand the financial challenges that they face. Incarceration. I want to share with you some stats from 2016, and this is what they, it says. That, this is common knowledge, a lot of people steal due to desperate situations or greed, right? and then they're caught and they're incarcerated. Let me tell you how much incarceration costs us. Just in Hawaii, our federal facility by the airport in 2016, it costs $11.4 million to run that facility. At the state level, it costs $51,000 a year per prisoner. And Hawaii taxpayers paid $46.8 million to send our prisoners to be housed in Arizona. So church, whether you did the crime or not, you're paying for it with your taxes. How about education? Education one of, is one of the key ways to fight against poverty. And education also fights against incarceration. See, there are many children with amazing potential that never gets developed because they don't have the money to go to college or to get the proper training. Money Magazine says the college student's biggest worry today is not about frat parties or fear of flunking. A college student's biggest worry today is about money. Whether they can pay for their tuition or whether they're having enough to cover day-to-day -day expenses. That's why here at the Croc Center, also led by Leslie, we have made a commitment to be out at Nanakuli Elementary to partner with them to bring out the arts and the music and Scrabble to enhance their after-school programs and give these children exposure to something they might not otherwise have seen. And for sure you know there's tons of music talent there, there's tons of art talent there, there's tons of potential there that just need an opportunity to develop it. But without money, we can't send the programs out there. I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 10, 26. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. See, church, everything belongs to God, even our money. And he has a plan to give us more than enough. Malachi 3.10 says this, 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there might be food in my house to eat, says the Lord God Almighty. And test me in this, if I would not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so much that you will not be able to contain it. Isn't that a great thing? See, I don't know what you believe about tithing, whether you believe that tithing is just an Old Testament covenant with God, whether you believe that we should tithe off of our gross or our net, I can only tell you this about tithing, that I have seen the hand of God on my finances and my family's finances because of tithing. I absolutely believe that. And that if you take him on and test him, as he says here, that he is faithful to deliver. And I'm not talking about you tithe one month, you know, and then you expect a miracle. No, I'm talking about consistently tithing with a cheerful heart, and then you see the hand of God move, and that you use your increase to make a difference in the lives of others. Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Church, what do you treasure? Do we treasure things? What does God treasure? God treasures people. God treasures the wife who is about to walk out on her marriage because of the financial stress. God treasures the single mother who doesn't have enough money and is struggling to keep her and her kids' head above water. God treasures those who have fallen prey to the grips of drug and alcohol, dealing and stealing for more. God treasures those who are incarcerated and will struggle to find a job and to make ends meet financially when they are released. God treasures the teenage girl with unresolved issues relative to sex abuse as a child, and now she's on the streets prostituting for money. It's not just problems here in the United States. But situations are even worse abroad, and especially in third world countries. See, they all need Jesus, but it takes money to reach them and to make lasting change. Church, we can't just lead them to the cross and then leave them there. For the drug dealer and the prostitute, after you lead them to the cross and they, ex they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they try to live in righteousness, that's awesome. But remember this, that with salvation, they are going to go to heaven. But until then, they, they still live here on earth, and you have just cut off their main source of income. And so we don't just take them to the cross and leave them there. We need to walk with them and to support them and to help them live in righteousness. Because if you thought that life hit them hard before they gave their life to Christ, just wait till after. They're going to need you. Matthew 25, 40 says this, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
You know, the mission of the Salvation Army is this. It's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human need in his name without discrimination. Not just here in Hawaii or across the United States, but globally. That's why the Salvation Army has a presence in more than 122 countries around the world, because the need is so great. And sometimes, church, if we're honest with ourselves, we can get into our little pity parties about our own situation. And I'm not minimizing anything that you might be going through at this time, but for a lot of us, we just need to count our blessings and then be willing to share them. We are blessed to be a blessing. Here in the United States, even the poorest are richer than those across the globe suffering in famine. Church, how many of you are thankful for your lives today? Absolutely, yes, thank you, Jesus, right? All right, um, I'm just gonna close this out in prayer if you would bow your heads, please. Father God, thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for the life that we live, Father God. Father, thank you for your provision each and every day, Father. Lord, open our hearts for the things that break yours, Father God. Break our hearts for the things that break yours, Lord. Help us, Heavenly Father, to spend time with you so that we could hear you, Father, that you would direct our steps, Father. Lord, I pray over every household here, Father, that every financial household will get into order, Father God. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for those who give so faithfully, Lord. Father God, I just ask, Heavenly Father, that you would help us, Father God, to be willing to give. Your word says to give, and it will be given unto us, Lord. Press down, good measure, overflowing, Lord. Thank you so much, Father God. Father, thank you for your word, Heavenly Father. Help us to be a blessing going everywhere to happen. Father, we thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray again for those who have been affected, Heavenly Father, in Texas and beyond by, uh, by Hurricane Harvey. And we just pray over them. We thank you for those who have responded in help, Lord. Father, we pray for all of those who are in need, even those right across the street from us. Help us, Heavenly Father, to just walk across the room and make a difference. Father, we love you. We honor you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.